You're listening to Blue Drava, episode 2, for Weather Autumn. In this episode we'll be talking about nostalgia, Star Trek, live streaming, and unrequited love. I'm your host, Stephen Ward, aka Orcon DK, and this is my podcast about stuff I like. First, we have the Ego Report, all my news from the last two weeks. I started feeling very nostalgic and autumnal, and so I installed the Mate desktop environment on my computers, along with a theme that made it look like Ubuntu from about 10 years ago. Lots of browns and oranges, which felt good in this autumn weather, and reminded me a lot of my first forays into using Linux and Ubuntu back in 2006. I haven't quite got the themes quite right, especially on my Arch Linux install, but it feels nice and uh, I'm starting to enjoy using Mate. Uh, Mate is a fork of GNOME 2, which is what Ubuntu used to use before they started using their own Unity desktop environment. Uh, I hadn't really gotten into using Mate before, but um, using the old theme does make it feel a lot more familiar. And so I'm enjoying it for now, and uh, I'll see if it's something I want to keep using. The Croatian general elections happened this week, and uh, me and my wife and my daughter were briefly on local television for about five seconds. Gaming-wise, I haven't really been playing anything other than Bejeweled, uh, Bejeweled 3 on the PC and uh, Bejeweled on, on Android. The PC version works quite well running on Wine and Linux. Apart from the uh, hardware acceleration, I haven't quite gotten the hang of, but it works well enough. The main thing I like about Bejeweled 3 is the the music and the general atmosphere has been really fine-tuned and is very very pleasant to play. It's rather frustrating that the Android the Android version doesn't really have all the game modes that the PC version has. Ever since PopCap were acquired by EA, it's all been well, a lot of their good games have gone down the tube, stuff like Peggle and Plants vs Zombies and Dredgeold, they've all gone down the route of in-app purchases and DLC. It is very frustrating when you just want to play a really good game and pay for it once. With TV I've been watching up... With TV I've been catching up with Rick and Morty, I've finished the second season. And I've gone back and uh, started watching the first season from the beginning. Rick and Morty, if you've not seen it, it's at a glance, it looks like a parody of Back to the Future, but really it's a lot more a parody of Doctor Who. It's about uh, a drunken grandfather who drags his grandson off to horrific adventures around the universe and around different dimensions and it can be quite 
well, not not so much scary, but very disturbing. But also very funny and very satirically right. It's uh, it go, it cuts very close to the bone on a lot of subjects. Also, Thunderbirds Argo, the reboot slash remake slash continuation of the classic Thunderbirds um, puppet series has come back uh, after a mid-season hiatus. I've been very impressed with the series as a whole. It's a lot of fun um, and I love the way uh, a lot of big scenes and um, a lot of you know, the spaceships and the aircraft and everything are often done with models rather than all CG. It's a, a nice mix and makes it feel a lot like the original series, which was all obviously all models and puppets. They basically replaced all the puppets with um, CG characters, which do look a lot, look a lot like their puppet counterparts and all the all the scenes, all the establishing shots and a lot of the sets are all models which they then put the CG characters into. Um, but even the CG characters, a lot of their design, uh, especially their clothes, make them look like they are puppets, they are small scale characters. Well recommended to check that out. I mean, it's, I'm sure the purists and uh, the hardcore Thunderbird Jerry Anderson fans will be criticizing it a lot, but um, as a guy who grew up with Thunderbirds in the you know, late 80s, early 90s, I do appreciate it a lot. In Blue Driver News, managed to get the first episode mixed and published uh, without too many troubles. I was using Ardor. Uh, the digital audio workstation to mix it. Um, it was taking a little bit for a long time until I realized how to use the compressor plugin to get the uh, all my voice tracks at the right level. Especially as I'd been uh, recording it piecemeal across the week. So they were all different levels, all different rooms. Interestingly, the worst sounding sound uh, was recorded in the studio we have at work but I was doing it on the dictaphone itself and it kept getting knocked so I'm finding it's uh, much nicer recording in my home office I've got the Zoom H1 on a tripod, a full-sized camera tripod um, so it's, and I'm standing in front of it to record the levels in Ardor were a bit off because I'd started normalizing each track individually and that just wasn't working so um, hopefully this time around everything will be at the same level as I'm going to try and record everything in one sitting. Uh, the podcast itself um, is set up as a it's, well, it's basically a blog feed on WordPress and it seems to work. I've got it working in AntennaPod, um, my podcast on Android and it seems to work okay. So hopefully, if I get more listeners, I'll know if they're working in the uh, other major podcatchers. Last time I looked, I had about 10 downloads of episode one after a day, um, but I haven't had any feedback. So hopefully that's not a bad sign. It's just 
early days. Trying to get this one recorded has been a bit of an uphill struggle. I've had a lot of work on at work, which I'll talk about shortly. It's just finding time, finding time to record. Often I'm so exhausted at the end of the day, I can't bring myself to do it. And when I can bring myself to do it, it's normally quite late at night and I get very nervous about disturbing the family. I've been recording for about 20 minutes, so they should be all right now. Then they haven't woken up yet. I did ponder about recording in the car outside because we've, well, we've got a garage, but I want to be within earshot in case my daughter wakes up or my wife and uh, they're needing me. Once I do get recording though, I start to enjoy it and uh, all of the anxiety starts to melt away. Hopefully this anxiety is not too prevalent on the final, the final program and I hope that you're enjoying it. when travelling at relativistic speeds. We have just received word from Starfleet Command that a new Star Trek TV series is being produced. The atmosphere on the ship is cautiously optimistic, as even those who enjoyed the recent cinematic outings agree that the short-form drama is where the franchise thrives. My personal concern is that the flashy, crowd-pleasing antics of the films will transfer to the series. My science officer reminded me that the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few, all the one. Thankfully, my chief medical officer slapped him around the back of his stupid Vulcan head and went back to skulking at the back of the bridge, muttering about lens flares. Last week I did my first live video production of one of the shows that we do at work. It's a four hour show uh, with call-ins and uh, guests in the studio um, going out over the radio, but this time I'd set up some cameras and uh, set up a video stream so that we could broadcast it live um, with captions and uh, pictures of the f um, for the phone-ins. I wanted to use uh, OBS, which is Open Broadcaster Software, an open source thing usually used by uh, Twitch streamers because it's quite good at being able to uh, take the output of a window for a game uh, but also incorporate a webcam um, chats and uh, other things on the screen but i used it having because we got two cameras we're gonna have a third soon um so i can switch between them live uh, the cameras we we're using was some linksys uh, ip webcams um, hooked up to the network uh, and i used uh, vlc uh, the media player to connect to them directly so i had two vlc windows open which OBS would then then capture and uh, place as sources, video sources. And I'd layer those with uh, the logo for the for the radio station and also uh, captions for 
uh, captions for their guests, uh, their names, and things like that. This is all going out on the same box that we streamed to the radio from. Um, and I didn't have any problems with that. It all seems to encode quite nicely and uh, we've got quite a fast network. The audio source would have been the same as the radio, so it was nice, good quality and uh, it seemed to sync up all right. The, there's a slight delay between the cameras and the streaming box because um, it needs to buffer over the network but I managed to get it down to like 100 milliseconds so it's not very noticeable. The quality of the webcams are you know, 640, 480, it's not brilliant but good enough for our needs. I needed to add a second screen so that uh, I can monitor everything uh, all spread out because uh, the first time I was doing it, it was uh, rather fiddly. Um, uh, tomorrow morning, I've got a... Tomorrow morning, we're doing another four-hour show, um, but I'm feeling more confident. I did push to do this all with uh, open-source software and, and everything, and it does seem to be working quite nicely. I really do need to switch the streaming box over to, to Linux just because then I'd feel happier about it. But everyone at work does use uh, a piece of Windows-only software for their audio editing, and that's what they've learned audio editing on. So I might have to try and get them to, to learn how to do it with stuff like Audacity and Ardor. I think a dual boot will be quickly incoming. come to the second part of my reading of my short story called Deep Inside, the story so far. Emma, Holly and Tim are three college friends who have come to a music festival on the grounds of Emma's family estate. I based the festival on ones like Glastonbury in the West of England. I had never been myself, I had heard stories from friends who had. We rejoin the trio of friends after Emma has had a short altercation with her estranged father. By the time they had merged into the sunlight, Emma was already at the bottom of the steps, crunching across the gravel driveway. She didn't stop to let them catch up until she reached the gate to the west field and out of sight of the house. Let's just have a good time, said Emma, rubbing her eyes. That's what we're here for, right? Sure, said Holly pulling out her pocket video camera and turning it towards her face. Hello, Internet. Stilts86 here with my best friends Timbo and Ems at the Kelston Music Festival. They continued walking, Holly not missing a beat as she talked to camera. I am here, camera in hand, to capture every sight and sound for you, my faithful public. So remember to like this video and subscribe to my channel. Who knows, we might find someone to pop Timbo's cherry. Tim blushed bright red. Before reaching the west field, they passed this by the stables. Emma paused and remembered the little freedom she had when growing up, riding her horse across the fields. She wondered if her horse Phoenix was still there, and they detoured over to the stable doors. The whiff of hay and manure made her smile to herself. I didn't know you rode, said Holly, camera out again as they approached. This is the countryside, replied Emma. I took every chance I could to get out of the house and away from Dad. Riding, shooting. Emma stopped mid-sentence and made a noise of delight. 
The long head of a grey horse poked its head out and whinnied at her. She reached out and stroked its neck and face. This is Phoenix, said Emma. How I've missed you, boy. He's beautiful, said Holly, videoing the little reunion. Tim held back, nervous outside at the best of times. The sight of a huge animal alarmed him a lot. Come on, Timmy, said Holly, noticing him. He won't bite. Reluctantly, Tim stepped forward, with a trembling hand reached out to stroke the horse's head. His gaze was drawn from the animal to the look of happiness on Emma's face. Tim sighed and relaxed a little. You see, said Emma, he's perfect. It's a shame to break up this viral video waiting to happen, said Holly, checking the time, but we'd better go before all the good tent spaces are taken. Good point, said Emma. Maybe later, boy. Patting the horse's head again, she turned and they walked away. Kelston Music Festival had been organised by a local radio station. Emma was confused by her father allowing it to be held on his land, but she assumed the estate must be in trouble financially. She would probably find out next time she saw her mother. They all spent the day wandering around the stalls and the music tents. The crowds were thick, with people from every walk of life, hipsters to hippies, emos and goths, couples and families. The main stage was where the bigger acts were playing rock and pop, but there were other tents with jazz, folk, techno and bluegrass. Holly videoed everything with her camera. It was a cheap, off-the-shelf thing which she had hacked with bigger storage, better lens and a solar charger. She was a habitual vlogger, supplementing her student loan with advertising revenue from the social video sites. She kept teasing Tim, but they were good friends. He was a fragile soul, and she felt needed to toughen him up. She was sure he would thank her later. It was another thing Holly loved to do, interfere and make people face up to things that they were afraid of. The same with Emma, her family problems needing facing up to, and Holly was so happy the music festival was happening here. It was like fate handing her a perfect opportunity to fix her friend. The middle of the field was an empty of attractions, and it became a kind of crossroads for the festival goers to make their way across. Hundreds of people were there at any one time, so it was incredible when the three friends happened to bump into someone from Emma's past. Roger, said Emma, incredulous. Is that really you? All right, my lover, said Roger, his West Country accent thick. He reached out and hugged Emma. He was tall, his skin bronzed, and his hair short and blonde. Haven't seen you in years, said Emma. Not since, not since your old man traced me off his land with a shotgun. Roger completed. Good times. These are my friends. Emma turned to them, Holly and Tim. Holly made a happy little noise when the very friendly Roger gave her a hug too. Tim merely held out his hands and winced when he felt Roger's firm grip. Emma remembered when she had first met Roger. He was fifteen, and she had taken her horse out for a ride in the east fields. Her father never let her go off the estate. As she rode, something spooked the horse. It panicked and ran around randomly, rearing up on its hind legs. Emma tried to stay calm, but she had never known a horse react this way before. A young man in the next field saw her and came to help. He was her age, already strong-looking from working on the farm. He called out in his cute farmer voice for her to keep calm. He grabbed the reins and kept the horse on his feet, stroking his head softly to calm it. Emma got down from the horse and thanked the stranger. I'm Roger, he introduced himself. You must be Emma, the madman's daughter. I guess you could call him that, she smiled. 
Everyone in the area does, continued Roger. Locked up in your ivory tower there. Well, said Emma, we aren't all bad. Emma couldn't stop looking at the young man. No one came to the house anymore, other than her tutor, who was a stern old woman of sixty years. Her admiration of the man stopped suddenly when hearing a report of a shotgun. Her horse panicked again and bolted. Emma turned to see her father, gun pointed at Roger. Get away from my daughter, peasant. Her father used the word seriously, despite it being the 21st century. Roger raised an imaginary hat, winked at Emma and ran back to his father's land. Father, said Emma, we're only talking. He helped me with Phoenix. The slap came fast and hard. No excuses, said the father. Respect my word. My word is law. He trailed off, staring at a flat stone on the ground. It was very close to the point that Phoenix freaked out, Emma realised. Go home, said her father quietly. I shall deal with you later. The next time Emma came out with her horse, the stone was gone. Roger went with them to the main stage, where an 80s pop band had reformed for a live gig. There were lots of people standing around, whooping and cheering and clapping after every classic tune. Roger stood next to Emma. She was very aware of his presence. He had grown in the five years since she met him, taller and more muscled. What's it like? he asked her, leaning back. Is he as crazy as you remember? More so, she said. She said it firmly, and Roger took the hint that she didn't want to talk about it. Don't look now, he said after a few minutes. There's a creep staring at you. There is? she asked. What's he look like? Standard emo freak, he said. Black hair, black clothes, not enough sun. I don't know anyone like that, said Emma. Don't panic, said Roger, smiling. I have an idea. He stood a little closer and put his arm around her. What are you doing? he asked, not totally comfortable with the physical contact. I figure if he thinks that you're spoken for, you'll move on, Roger replied. And what if he doesn't? Emma wasn't too sure of Roger's intentions. Then I might kiss you, he grinned, just to make sure. Oh, Roger sounded disappointed. He's gone, isn't he? Emma said, yeah, said Roger, taking his arm from around her shoulders. At least you're honest, she smiled. You could have pretended. Now I know you weren't making it up. Holly had watched this exchange from behind. She was suddenly aware that Tim was staring at his shoes. Roger had to go and meet up with his friends, but he said he would meet them again at the Pikmin set later on. Emma, Holly and Tim had some time to kill, and so returned to their campsite to chat and drink cheap cider. The sun was setting, and night was drawing in. Why is it? In American films, slurred Holly, sitting cross-legged in front of the vampire. Whenever something scary happens, there's one character who has to throw up. Emma looked at her with a smile on the corner of her mouth. I've been scared pissless dozens of times, continued Holly, in full-on rant mode. I have never been sick because of it. Just because it's never happened to you, said Emma, knowing full well this was useless to argue against Holly, the flame warrior, doesn't mean it doesn't happen in real life. Tim was simply swaying from side to side. He had only had a can and a half, and a stupid smile on his face. 
Having a good time, Timbo? asked Holly. Tim nodded too hard and overbalanced, spilling some of his drink on the floor. A beeping came from Holly's phone. Oops, said Holly, tapping the phone to stop the noise. Time to go. The Pikmin will be playing soon. I need a slash first, and I'll be right back. Holly staggered to her feet and trampled off to the nearest portaloo. Emma pulled her tall frame up to her full height and stretched. You ready, Tim? she asked. Tim nodded, but seemed to have trouble. Poor thing, thought Emma. Really aren't used to drinking much, are you? She reached down and pulled him to his feet. He overcompensated and stumbled forward into her arms, clinging to stop himself falling. They both giggled. You okay? she asked, and he nodded. Suddenly, she felt his lips on hers. His breath smelled like cider, and his face was trembling. Just as suddenly, he was on his back on the ground. Emma found her hands in front of her where she had shoved him violently away. She didn't mean to push him away. It had been a reflex action. Tim looked up at her. The look in his eyes terrified, humiliated and embarrassed. I'm sorry, he croaked. I'm so sorry. Before Emma could say anything, he half crawled, half ran away into the crowd that was heading towards the concert. Emma stood staring for a few minutes, processing what had just happened. Finally, she just said one word. Shit. And now we come to the end of another episode of Blue Java. Number two. The difficult second episode. If you want to get in touch with me, just email show at bluedrava.com. We also have a Google Plus page. Uh, I have a Twitter or at orcondk. Or you can just leave a comment on the website. And right now you don't need to register. I might expand to doing a Facebook page or, or whatever. But for now, just go to bluedrava.com and you'll find the contact details there. Have a lovely day, and don't do anything I wouldn't do. Be seeing you.